On today's Grow in Grace, Jesus will ask Peter twice, Do you agape me? What does it mean to have agape love for someone? Pastor Ed Ray explains. In 1 John 4, 8, John will write a letter, and there he says, God is love. And he uses that word, agape. God is selfless, totally giving, expecting nothing in return. Now, in John 3, 16, we know God so loved the world. Same word. God so agape the world. God so loves you that he gave his only begotten son. Quite a statement. Now, God's love is impossible to measure. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place God will dwell with man. Sick be healed, and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I say, let this world know me by your Today on Grow in Grace, Pastor Ed Ray will begin his final message in the Gospel of John. In chapter 21, the Lord will reestablish Peter into public ministry, and there are priorities that Jesus wants to establish for Peter, and really for all of his followers. Now along the way, we'll see how the Lord goes about healing damaged relationships. The scene opens with the Lord meeting the disciples for breakfast on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias as they return from fishing. Today's Grow in Grace is all about restoration. So if you're in need of another chance, you've come to the right place. Jesus is with his disciples after the resurrection next to the Sea of Galilee. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. When you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Thus he spoke, signified by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's John, the writer of this gospel. Following, who also had learned, leaned on his breast at the Last Supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. When this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die, yet Jesus did not say that he would not die, but that if I will, that he remain until I come, what is that to you? And then John speaks, this is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, 
I suppose that even the world could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask that you would send your spirit to teach us, that you would give us eyes and ears to grow in you, that we might be changed, that we might leave this place differently than the way we came in. Do that, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name and all of God's people agreed by saying... Amen. Well, we started on the first half of this section last week, and I called it by hook and by crook, and I actually stole that from an early writer. In fact, it was 1380, and that was the year that Tyndall, the first man to translate the Bible into English, wrote a gospel track, and he called it by hook and by crook. And his statement is really a statement of your mission and mine that all the disciples from these on to us had two main tasks in life. By hook means fishing. We are to be fishers of humans. That's our job. And the second one is crook. And you think of a shepherd's crook for tending sheep. And that's our second job, shepherding. That you and I are called to raise up men and women to know Jesus. And then secondly, We are to help young lambs, young believers, and old alike to grow and become what God has intended for them to be. What a great privilege. But this section is also known for that question. Need another chance? Who doesn't? We all do. This is Peter's a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. And it opens up that subject of how many times can you ask God for forgiveness? (laughs) And Peter wanted to know that question. He'd phrase it a little bit differently. He said, how many times do I have to forgive someone? And he thought he was being real generous. He said, 70 times seven. I mean, it's 70 times seven, Jesus said. Seven times seven is 49, carry zero. And he's trying to figure it out as an absolute number. That's what's going on here that Jesus is forgiving Peter publicly because he had sinned publicly by denying Jesus three times. So they're also in trouble because they're up in the Galilee. Jesus had told them to go to the Galilee in Matthew 28, 16, but they were to wait on a mountain for him to come. He's going to meet them there and give them instructions. But Peter is a little beat up. He's frustrated, he's depressed, and probably wasn't feeling much like a disciple at about this time. And so when they waited the day, and then he said, I'm going fishing, and the rest of them went with him. And we read last time that they got into a boat, went out, fished all night, caught nothing, which is what happens when we try and do things without God. And then in the morning, Jesus was standing on the shore, and he yelled over to them, did you catch anything? And Peter said, not a thing. And as we looked at last week, somebody said, that's the greatest miracle in the Bible. A fisherman told the truth. So they're in the boat, and Jesus said, throw the net on the other side, which is kind of a unique way to fish because the boat's only four foot wide, and there's the same fish there underneath the boat and around that there are over there. But this is the creator of the universe. And he says, throw it on the other side. So they do. And of course, so many fish, they can't pull it in, you'll remember. And so John, the writer of this gospel, recognizes this is a miracle, number one. Number two, he said, is this the Lord? That's Jesus over there. 
And Peter, he's that kind of a guy. He just is all in, no matter what it is. He dives in and he swims to shore. It's 100 yards that we're told. And he gets there and he finds Jesus beside a charcoal fire. And that was a key for him because it was beside a charcoal fire that he had denied Jesus three times. You remember it was in the courtyard of the high priest and he was warming himself by the fire with some other men and then people kept coming up and asking him, aren't you one of his disciples? And three times Peter denied him. Now, he had told Jesus how loyal he was going to be earlier in chapter 26 of Matthew. Peter answered and said to Jesus, even if all are made to stumble, because of you, I will never be made to stumble. <laughs> never say never. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter decided he hadn't buried himself quite deep enough, so he says a second time, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the other disciples said that. Well, chapter 18 tells us how Peter spoke when he was arrested. He denied Jesus three times. And the parallel chapter is the one we're in, chapter 21, because they're both around a charcoal fire. In both chapters, Simon's name is called Simon, no longer Rocky, no longer Petros, Peter. And he makes statements that he can't keep. So, this is a God-planned event. This is a God incident. This is a setup by Jesus so Peter can confess three times. And it's to remind us that that's what we're to do too. So there's three questions in the first part, 15 to 19. And then there's the comparison that Peter gets into. Uh, it starts comparing himself with John, 20 through 23. And then John's salutation, which is a really a statement of truth. So that's where we're going. Fasten your seatbelts. First question is in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast together there on the beach with Jesus, bread and fish, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? We're not sure whether he meant, do you love me more than the other disciples do? These or fishing or being outdoors, the Sea of Galilee. I think he's talking about more than the other disciples because Peter had said that he was first. He loved Jesus the most. So this name is important here. Jesus calls him Simon, the son of Jonah, before he had changed his name to Petrus, to Peter, the rock, the solid guy. Well, it's a play on words because Simon, Simone, actually means gravel or, or little pebbles. And so he had become rocky, solid. Now Jesus is calling him Pebbles. <laughs> His name has been changed from Rocky to Pebbles here. You're listening to Grow in Grace as Pastor Ed Ray is nearing the end of our study in John. Let's get right back to it. When he asks him, do you love me? He uses a Greek word that we're kind of familiar with. It's the word agape or agapos here. And agape is the highest form of love that you can show in the Greek language. Now, 
English, we keep it simple. We got one word for love. And I could say, well, I love the Lord, I love my wife, and I love old Martin guitars. And you might say, well, <laughs> wait a minute. Obviously, you love your wife differently than you love old Martin guitars. And I said, well, yeah, I do. How old is the Martin guitar? No, I'm teasing, that's just a joke. <laughs> so the Greeks are more exact in their language. Agapos or agape means selfless, unconditional love all the way. In 1 John 4, 8, John will write a letter, and there he says, God is love. And he uses that word, agape. God is selfless, totally giving, expecting nothing in return. Now, in John 3, 16, we know God so loved the world. Same word. God so agape the world. God so loves you that he gave his only begotten son. Quite a statement. Now, God's love is impossible to measure. And I was thinking about this, and it brought me to a guy named Eric Nansen. He was an explorer, scientist, won the Nobel Prize, was a polymath, they call it. That means he was an expert in about a dozen subjects. But his quest was to go to the North Pole and measure the depth of the ocean from Norway all the way up to the North Pole. And of course, this is the 1870s, and so there's no electronic gadgetry available. And so he brings a long string, a long rope. In fact, it's a mile and a half long with a lead weight on the end of it. And they put it over the side of the boat as they're going north, measuring the depth of the ocean. That was his task. He wanted to record the depth. Nobody ever done it before. And they were out a few days and went down, took a measurement, and he wrote it. And then a few days later, he tried to take another measurement, and the lead dropped all the way to the bottom. There wasn't any bottom. It was just dangling. So he wrote in his diary, deeper than that. And so they pulled it all back up, and they looked for some more twine or rope or something. They found another half mile on the boat of rope tied it together, put the lead on the end, and started measuring. They only went three days, and the rope went all the way and was dangling. It didn't hit the bottom. It was more than two miles down. And he wrote in his diary, deeper than that. And they saw another ship. They got all the rope they could, bought it from them, and they were able to put together about another half mile of rope. But they only went a couple of days until the same thing. The rope went all the way and dangled. It didn't, couldn't get to the bottom. It was beyond his ability to measure the bottom. And he wrote in his diary, deeper than that. To try and plumb God's love is the same problem. No one has ever discovered the end of his love. And so the question, well, how many times will God forgive you, is a moot question. Nobody has ever found out. Nobody has lived long enough to sin enough and ask God for forgiveness for God to say, nope, that's it. You reached a magic number. No more. Matthew 22, Jesus quotes the greatest commandment. And he actually quotes two Old Testament verses, Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And guess what word he used for love twice there? He used the word agape, that you shall agape the Lord with your heart, all of all in, 
completely. And love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. Sometimes it's the same person. <laughs> and so we're required to love. Three other Greek words, storge, which means affection, like you might like a cute puppy, eros, romantic love, and phileo, where we where the city of Philadelphia got its name, the city of brotherly love. If you've been to Philly, you know that's a good place to get mugged and get your car stolen. Sorry if you're from Philly. No worse than LA, don't misunderstand. (laughs) Do you love more than these, more than these men? Lord, you know that I love you, only he didn't use the word agape. Peter said, Lord, you know that I phileo you. I like you a lot. It's a weaker Greek word. He wasn't willing to say, I'm giving all of myself to you at this point. He probably didn't trust himself because he was sure he was not going to deny Jesus and he had. So you can't think too badly of him. But he said, you know that I'm fond of you. That's enough for Jesus. He said, feed my lambs. Feed them. A commission, an invitation, a promise. B-O-S-K-O is the Greek word. And it's to take care of their needs, particularly food. Take care of the young lambs, the little lambs. Sunday school, great place to start. Kids, love them. We got tons of them around here. Second floor is packed right now. So, good place to start. You want to start serving Jesus, go work with the little lamb. Second question, verse 16. And Jesus said to him a second time, Simon Pebbles, son of Jonah, do you agapo me? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. Do you love me? Simple. But he said, son of Jonah. That's interesting because you'll know, you'll remember that Jonah, the prophet, is the one that refused to do what God asked him to do. He said, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh. And Nineveh was due east of where he was. And he said, I want you to go there and preach to them. And instead, Jonah goes the opposite direction. He goes towards Spain. And then when he finally does it, he didn't remember. He did a little fish time and then got puked out on the shore. It doesn't say puked. He, he, he got up on the shore. And then he went into the city, and it wasn't a very loving message he gave. Remember? Jonah said to the citizens of Nineveh, you're all going to die. <laughs> In 30 days, the whole place is going to be gone. You're going to be destroyed. Why? Because he was mad at God because he didn't like the Assyrians because they had already overrun Israel several times and killed many Israelis. So Jesus uses, I'm sure Jonah was the real name of Peter's father. He's not talking about the prophet, but it just adds to this. Hey, hey, Pebbles, son of Jonah, the prophet who never did the right thing. And Peter's squirming by now, you know, you, you know that I phileo you. So Jesus said, watch over my sheep. Different Greek word, pomateo. It means to care for the flock. Mature as well as little ones. He's saying that to Peter, but he's saying it to you and I too. That's what we're called to do also. Third question, 17. 
Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you, only this time he says, phileo. Are you fond of me, Peter? Peter was grieved because Jesus had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, smart answer, you know all things. And he's so right. God knows everything. You know all things. You know that I phileo you. He's just being transparent. He's being honest with God. It's always the right thing to do. Feed my sheep. Take care of them. So God is using him and saying to him this question three times because he had denied him three times. And he's doing what John writes in his letter, first letter, 1 John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we are a liar and the truth is not within us. But if we're faithful to confess our sin, confess, con, across, fess, say the same thing. If you say the same thing God says about your sin, my sin, if we're faithful to confess our sins, then he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what Peter's doing. He's confessing. And he's growing in the process. We can feed sheep. We can try and lead others to Christ. That's what he's agreeing to. Most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, when you were younger, you stretched out, you girded yourself, you tied yourself around, walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Now, this is a prophecy. Jesus is speaking of something that's going to happen to Peter in the future. But Peter only hears half of it. He only heard the part about, I'm going to get bound and I'm going to be martyred, basically, is what it comes down to. But Jesus said, when you get old, and Peter didn't hear that part. You see, that's actually a gift of God, old age. And some are going, you're out of your mind, Pastor. (laughs) But things happen as you get older and you acquire more wisdom and people start to recognize it. And that's what's going to happen to Peter. And pretty soon, Peter will be known all over the Roman Empire. And yes, he will die in Rome, And he's crucified upside down because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified the same way his Lord was. But he became a gigantic witness all over the world. Now, I'm trying to say to you that something good is happening in your life as you listen right now this morning. Faith comes by hearing the word of God and you're growing and you are becoming wiser in the things of the Lord. And you have more faith when you leave. Why? Because God wants you to do these same things. Today on Grow in Grace, we brought you a portion of Pastor Ed's study in 1 Thessalonians. For a CD copy of today's message, give us a call at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Or listen online at thepackinghouse.org when it's most convenient. And to help you grow in grace, we'd like to recommend Pastor Ed's daily devotional. It's accessible online 
at thepackinghouse.org. This month we're featuring an excellent book by our friend in the ministry, Gail Irwin. It's titled The Jesus Style. When Jesus taught us that the greatest must become like a servant, what was he driving at? We'll find the answer by studying the life of Jesus and his style of ministry. It's totally opposed to our natural leanings, so we need some help. Request a copy of The Jesus Style today, and we'll send it your way for a gift of any amount to grow in grace. And please remember, it's your support that helps us bring these teachings to the radio every day. Please consider helping us continue this ministry on this station of yours. Give us a call again, 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. And I wanted to say again, we love hearing from our listeners. Let us know how we can pray for you and what you're getting out of this study. Tell us your story and how you've been growing in grace. That would be so encouraging to hear. Drop us an email today at packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. And then join us next time as together we grow in grace through a study in 1 Thessalonians with Pastor Ed Ray. May God richly bless you as you grow in grace. This program is listener supported and brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands, California. Zion, now filled with hands and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love and harmony. I said let this world know me by your